Welcome to the Simplified Trading Marketing Podcast with me, Alan Collins, an electrician, electrical service business owner and certified marketing consultant specializing in home service trading businesses. I want to take you, the listener, from confusion to clarity when it comes to marketing in your trading business. This podcast will help you gain knowledge, tricks, tips and methods that you can deploy straight into your trading business today. Today's podcast has been inspired by a response to a quote that we sent out today. The quote was for a Tesla charger install. We do a lot of these, so the figures are always crunched to a T. That was fine. We got all the photos we needed, pieced it all together, looked at the quote, checked it over twice, sent it out with all the relevant documents, and then we got a one-sentence reply. How many hours is this job going to take? So this to me straight away is alarm bells because what generally happens here, nine times out of 10, is that client is supplying the charger. He's thinking it's just a little bit of cable and how hard is it to install a charger? Now, what he's probably doing in his head is reverse engineering the quote amount versus how many hours it's going to take. So then when he comes up with that figure, he will then compare it to his hourly rate and think it's absolutely ridiculous, not realizing that money goes straight back into the business, to the taxman, and towards GST. What I want to do in this podcast is go through the good, the bad, and the ugly of qualifying your leads. I'm going to start in reverse order with the ugly, I feel. So this one's going to be a special shout out to the homeowner builder. Some of the lessons you learn in business are going to cost you money, and it's probably a good thing as long as it's not that much money. We do not work with builders because of such bad experiences. And as I say, there are absolutely fantastic builders out there. However, I seem to stumble on the worst ones. So with owner builders, there's a few things to watch out for. I'll actually tell you a story. In 2018, we had a lead come in and it was for a few jobs around the house was the description. So the job was in Haberfield, not too far from me here in Stratfield. So we went and had a look at it, got to the job, seen this kind of blowout extension at the back and was like hang on what's happening here we don't do this style of work so got to the job and the first first thing we've seen on the gate was owner builder which to me is just shivers down the spine continued into the job said too far committed now we're going to have to go with this at this stage i've got that horrible horrible gut feel of i don't even want to be here but i'm going to go through this quote and just go from there so Walked around the job with the gentleman. He was after telling me that he's been tinkering with this for two years and he more so does it in his spare time, which that's just horrendous for a start. He proceeded to run through everything, what he would like to do, what he was thinking about doing. So again, he he wasn't even clear on what he wanted on the job. So he kind of was going to use whatever contractor went in there to plot out the electrical for him. Immediately, I did not want to do this job. So once I left the job, gave it about a day and then just contacted him and just said we weren't going to be a good fit for that job and just walked away from it. Fast forward to 2023, I drove past that job the other day. There is still cables hanging out of the wall. Can you imagine if you had a quote of that back in 2018? This just shows the level of organization that would have gone into that job. You would have been getting phone calls every couple of weeks, every couple of months saying this bit is ready. Can you come? unload all your gear, get your tools out, get that bit done and pack up again. It would have been such an inefficient job had you've quoted it. Not only that, the price of materials have gone through the roof since 2018. Always get a schedule of works for these jobs and when the trades are coming in and out so you can work in with it. If that isn't there or it's figured out as we go, 
that's going to be a very inefficient, costly job to learn from. Next up, we're going to go through the bad, which is broken into a few sections. Firstly, we're going to speak about language. Language is a dead giveaway. You can tell or read the client within the first sentence of an email. If they're using language in the email like cheap, economical, best price discount, or pensioner's discount, you know that this isn't going to be a fantastic lead. Now, there might be times where people just wing it, and we have found it where people will just chance their arm. They'll ask for that discount or that pensioner's discount because their elderly parents are in their 70s, 80s, 90s. It's a fair point, but on the flip side, I'm pretty sure if those elderly parents go into shop at Woolies or Coles and they get to the counter and they say, it's going to be $100, Woolies aren't going to turn around and say, hey, you're 90, we're going to give you 20% off, so it's now 80 bucks. That doesn't happen, and I don't know why tradies have to bow down to that as well. There is a time and a place for a discount, though. There absolutely is. If you have put enough money on that job, or you'll get through that job quicker than the estimated time on the job, I'm all for a discount. If it means dropping $100 to get that job, yes, it comes straight off your bottom line, but to win that job is definitely going to be worth dropping that little bit on the job as long as you're making that profit margin on it. Number two is going to be location. Is the job going to be close by or is it too far away? If it's too far away, you really have to weigh up if the juice is going to be worth the squeeze. If you're looking at that job and you get an idea, it's only going to be, let's say it's $1,000, you then are going to have to weigh up. Is it worth spending an hour to drive out there, spend possibly an hour looking at the job, and then another hour on the way home? That's three hours you've already lost on that job without even getting a cent for it. The job really has to be worth the money to go out and have a look at it if it's at a distance. If it is a profitable job and there's going to be a good bit of coin in it, it may be worth going out to look at it. Always consider your time in between. It's not just the time on the job that is the downtime, it's the time in between the job as well. The driving, the quoting, the talking to the client, that's all your time that's being et up. Always consider that in the quotes as well. Number three is urgency. This is a key component in seeing how serious and how committed that lead is. If you're getting a lead coming in, calling or email, and they say they want it done next week, or they want it done this week, or they have a definite date in mind, those leads are red hot. They're the ones you really want to prioritize. If somebody is telling you they're just curious, they're just after a quote for now, some people even give themselves up and they say, we've had three quotes or four quotes, we're after another. That's an alarm bell. If somebody has a date ready to go or they're waiting on another trade to, let's say, the painter's coming in on Wednesday, any time after Friday is good. I absolutely love those ones because you know that they're deadly serious. They're actually doing the works, whereas some leads are just purely curious. So urgency is key. Number four is the renter's quote. You have to be so mindful that lead that's come in actually owns the property. It always happens to us. We get leads that come in. We qualify them by asking if they own the property or they're renting the property. This way, we'll disqualify them straight away. We've had it in the past where we just went with it, didn't ask them that question, spent time doing the quotes, realized that the landlord was already after getting several quotes and it was purely after the cheapest, which is usually the case if it is a rental property. If you think about it from a landlord's point of view, that's probably an investment property that he or she is intending to make money from. They don't want to be spending money on repairing something at a high cost. They just want a cheapy, cheerful solution. Get it in, get it done, get it fixed. It's a good one to have up your sleeve is just ask that simple question if they're renting or they own the property. 
Number five is the price comparison quote, usually sent by somebody that knows way too much information and knows very detailed right down to the part number of items used. The quote will usually come across as a cut and paste. This thread carefully, do not waste too much time on it. Suss out the client because they usually have got that quote there and they're just looking for another price or maybe they're just price checking their existing tradie just to see that they're not getting done over. Number six is going to be the DIY enthusiast or the Bunnings shopper. The kind of person that goes to Bunnings, grabs all the materials, even though they're not sure of the materials to get, tells you they've got everything, just wants to labor on the job. That's an offset about that job. They've asked a teenager on the Isle of Bunnings if that's the correct component. They then, self-proclaimed legend of the Isles, has pointed them in the wrong direction. They've picked up the stuff, thrown in their basket and presume they've got everything ready for the tradie. And you and I both know that they're not going to be the right parts when you get there or they're going to fail and then they're going to be calling you up wondering why that's not working. And probably going to finish off the phone call by suggesting they could do it themselves, except they just don't have the tools. Number seven is the one that got away. Those jobs where you get called up and somebody else has started the job, didn't want to come back and now they're looking for you to finish the job. Always ask questions like what's happened with the previous person to get their contact details, reach out to them, have a chat. It may be genuine. Maybe they've injured themselves, fallen ill, etc. But it is a bit of a sketchy sign when somebody calls up asking you to finish somebody else's work, especially if they allegedly can't get hold of them, won't give you that company's name. Do your homework into the reasons and approach with caution. Number eight is champagne on a beer budget. Is that client looking for the champagne, but they've only got the price of beer? This can be very deceptive. They may be a fantastic lead, but they may just not have the budget to do the job. So always ensure, read between the lines, check for the language they use. They keep mentioning price, cost, and cheapness, although they may be fantastic people. That is a warning shot where they may not have the budget for the job. There's not much to cover about the good because you know a good lead when it comes in. We have this very strange thing where we respond to leads quite quickly, like probably within, at least within the hour. And we get people responding, like thanking us so much for responding to them, for the rapid response, quick reply. It's strange because you think it's just a given that when you respond to an email, sometimes they'll just even thank us for a reply. But it just shows the level of tradies that are out there that do not get back to them for a day or two or three. They may be busy. They may have enough work up their sleeve. But this is what causes those ebbs and flows of we're busy, we're not busy. Once you consistently get back to people, put those quotes in the pipeline, get them, get the ball rolling, and at least your foot's in the door. You're not leaving work on the table. Good leads, you're going to know. They're going to be those people that like and trust you. They refer you. They are complimenting your work. They've seen your work. They've seen your reviews. They want to use you because of that. They are red hot leads. It's more so the bad leads you want to watch out for. Read between the lines with every quote. Approach everything with caution. Just look at the job going, is this going to be a waste of time or is this going to be a profitable job? Be mindful. When a door closes, a window opens. You do not have to say yes to every job. Saying no is actually a really good thing. And when you say no, it gives you that time in your schedule that you can go chase that work that is actually going to be profitable for your business. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I want to thank you for taking the time out to do so. I want to ask of a favor. If you know any other tradies that may take value from this, please send them the link. Also, please subscribe to the podcast. It greatly helps it. And lastly, if you're interested, we've got a simplified trading marketing course launching soon. 
along with a weekly newsletter with a marketing tip. To join the waitlist, click the link in the show notes, enter your name and email. I'll speak to you soon.